0: Warrior, if I warrior, don't The love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for another Wednesday morning. And that was Shabbat and a Christian warrior. And that's what we want to be today because we are on the battlefield. Yeah. And we're fighting for the Lord. Hallelujah. We are fighting to stay on his side, to stay with him, to obey him, to do what he says. And to make us Christian warriors. And sometimes we come against the devil uh, on the behalf of others. Sometimes we have to do what we call standing in the gap. Yeah, I have to stand and pray for you because you're weak right now and, you know, something has happened bad and you just can't stand for yourself. So we Christian warriors. So i come in and i war for you. Hallelujah. I oh, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes I ask the Lord to send his fighting angels, send the warring angels to fight in the war for us. Hallelujah. Because he's able to do it. I found out, I believe it's over in Psalms 119, God loose some evil angels. I said, look at this. Everything belonged to him. When it came to Pharaoh and let uh, Israel go, he said, them evil angels. Yes, sir, Pharaoh had to let go, you see. <laughs> the pestilence came, grasshoppers, and all kind of stuff came. Yeah, because God showed him, I have the power. You say you're the king, but I have the power, all power. I'm the creator. I'm not just a king. I am the creator. The, of heaven and earth, you'll never outdo me, Pharaoh. Moses went over; they, he put the rod down, turned the rod, rod into a snake. The, the the diviner, the 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 witchcraft worker, he come and he put his stick down and turned it into a snake. Moses touched that water, and it turned into blood everywhere, all the water. Or oh, nothing the diviner could do with that. Nothing that the witch doctor, the roof man, could do with that. They were dealing with all power, but they were gonna fight against all power. Yeah, and sometimes that's what people do. They're fighting against you, thinking they're fighting you, but they're fighting against God. They're fighting all power. Uh huh. Because all power is on your side. The God that has all power is for you. There's no higher power. And we ought to be grateful this morning. We ought to be thankful. We ought to be. Excited to have all power on our side. Oh, I heard what they said. I know what they choose to do. I know you got the letter. I know you got the phone call. All power is <laughs> on your side today. And all power said if he be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. I can't help it about a COVID. I can't help it about uh, the other name they call this coronavirus, I I can't help all of that I can't help prejudice I I, I can't help the world has flipped upside down the the world has lost its mind, I can't help that I have all power on my side, I'm not going to fret because of evildoers yeah, I'm going to continue to taste and see that the Lord is good He promised never to leave me nor forsake me he said he would be with me until the
0: end.
1: <laughs> and I have not found him to be a liar yet. Yeah. So I believe that. I believe he won't leave me. He won't forsake me. I believe he's going all the way with me until the end. Yeah. I believe he's right here with me right now. Been here all the time. He came in before I came into this house. I just met him here. Hallelujah. Thank Jesus. And he never left. Yeah. Because wherever I am, there, there he is. Wherever I go, he's right there with me. And I thank him for that today. Yeah, I thank him that when trouble comes, I can begin to praise him when trouble have come. Yeah. I was sharing with y'all yesterday about the t-shirts. And I wrote Cash App. Cash App wrote me back and said the money went to the right person. Because I I I, I knew what I did, but the, the person who's doing the T-shirt, they said they never got it. The name that Cash App is showing me and said got the money. It was in small letters. His name is the same name, but his is in large letters. What we call capital letters. That the, the first name and you know, the second name start with the capital letter. So Cash App said, well, send me uh, the Cash tag name again, send me uh, the phone number or email address or something else they asked for. And I sent that to them because the way that Cash App wrote me, they were a little hot, (laughs) you could tell. In the email, I said, oh, they're a little bit angry. You know, because I guess they have so much fraud going on and craziness, you know. And I sent what they requested back to them. Well, later on in the day, I get a thing and it says that uh, they would lend me $150. I said, what? I said, what is this? I checked it out. It's really true. Cash app lending money. I said, wow, look at this. I said PayPal is going out. They better they better sign up because they're going out. Cause you can't even get a rep on PayPal. No. They they tell you to put your stuff in a message and then a couple of hours back to you. By the time they get back to you, it could be bedtime. But you need an immediate response. A lot of things uh is changing. I had to redo everything. My passwords had to be uh redone. I don't know if anybody else is experiencing this. Even on the TV, if you have a smart TV, well mine, all I did was just click, 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 you know, on the remote. But every time I clicked the app, I had to go in there and put my information back in there because they doing the I think it's called two verification. And it comes to my phone. That way if somebody get my information, they're not going to be, you can get my name, my my username and password, but you won't be able to get into my stuff because it's going to come to my phone. <laughs> and only I have my phone. And only I know when it comes through. And only I know what the code is that sent to my phone. So they're trying to beef up security on the internet for everything. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Because you have some scammers and you have some people just doing all kinds of stuff, taking and all of this. One, one person told me, he said, Well, the hackers, why don't they hack everybody with a bank account and put some money? I said, They're just trying to tear up companies and, and, and destroy American stuff. And, and, you know, so we don't have it so good. And some people hate the internet because of their experience. But the only thing I've experienced bad on the Internet, I say, is people coming to fool with me about what I believe. That's basic. it. And then in a few minutes, they go on down the street because they see they have no wind. You know, I'm not bothering you. This is according to what I believe. Whatever you believe, that's up to you. And I don't come against what you believe. So you do you, I'm going to do me because I, I'm led by the spirit of God. So they go on down the street. They don't keep going. But some people cause foolishness on themselves. Somebody posts something and then you come under their post being mean or just right now on how you feel about what they posted. no. Everything you see on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what it's up on this TikTok or whatever it is, you, you don't have to have a voice. You don't have to voice your opinion on it. Some things is be- best uh better left unsaid. It, it's better that you just ride on because this is what this person believes in. This is what they like. You know, they train their children at their early age to 12 their daughters and things, okay. Uh, got the little girl on there posing like an adult woman, okay. That's not what I would do, but that's your child and that's, you know, your thing. So all I can do is pray. Pray for your mind and pray for the baby. And I keep it moving, yeah. I'm not getting on nobody's post riding out, you know. I mean, I, I and then I, I noticed this, listen. Folks say they're Christians. They say they're believers. They're Christians. They're the saints of God. They're the people of God. They're out praying every morning in the sunshine. All kind of stuff. But listen, God can't be first in their lives. Do you hear what I say? He's not first in their lives. Give God the first fruit of everything in their life. They're users. They're not with him. So they'll have something to call on when they get in trouble. I'm just telling you the truth. They're not preparing for his return. They're doing their own thing and think they're going to incorporate God in on their flesh. If you know that God is the God of heaven and earth, he's got all power. He's been good to you. But see, he's not your life. You want him in your life, but he's not your life. And your life is not hid in him. Because people say things to me like this. I know God over everything. But that's not what I'm talking about. They talking about what they're talking about. Do you hear me? I'm like, what kind of believer is this? They believe in themselves and in doing what they want to do and incorporate God in on it. I'm telling you, He's not their life. He, he, he's not the head of their lives. He, they uh, think they have Him in their life, but they're the kind that of put Him in the box and put Him in the corner. And when I get done, or when I need you, you can come out. How many know God too big to put in a box and set Him anywhere? He made the heavens and the earth. So when you see these kind of people, and let me tell you about these kind of people, they can lie, they can cheat, they can steal, they can form because I, I even look at the name. I, I look at your name. You want to be my friend, and I, I I look at your name. And your name tell me number one, you're selfish. Number two, your name tell me you're think more of yourself than you ought when I see what you post it's some foolishness but you thinking it's wisdom you thinking it's smart you think it makes you look good but you're only going to draw a certain kind of nutty people lunatics that's what you're going to draw to you with the foolishness and how many know a lunatic a fool or go for anything yeah and you think you're really doing something on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you are, and you think you just rising to the top, and people just see you as all that, and people with the right eyes have <laughs> to say, see you as a fool. This is some kind of nut I'm dealing with. And then, times I try to help these people. Yeah, it's our job to try to help. But they don't want it. So when you see they don't want wisdom. They don't want understanding. They don't want knowledge. You see, they're a fool. You, the words, they leave them a fool. Yeah. And I walk on. Pray for them. Give them back to God and keep going. Lord, you gave this task to me and I did what you said and they don't want you. And Lord, if it's your will that I continue, I will continue to give them scripture, continue to try to help them. But Lord, I know, I see they fools. They're not just disobedient, some of them. See, some of them just dis- disobedient because they in the world and of the world. What they're doing in the world feels good to them. Yeah, it's fine many times in sinning. That's why people do it. And, you know, they obey in their flesh, and the flesh is pleased, so they keep going. But then God will come and speak, and they'll stop to listen. And sometimes they'll say things like this I'm too far. Lord, I thank you that you brought me back. They will repent, take up their cross, and follow God. Kind that don't even want to acknowledge it, don't want to recognize I've done wrong, you got to let them go. Because if not, it's like you banging your head against a brick wall. After a while, your brain's going to ooze out. You, you're going to be crazy. You're going to be dead. Yeah, so you, you let go and let God in. But I thank God this morning for his grace and his mercy. Most of all, his love. Hallelujah. Because his love is what caused him to give us grace and mercy. Unlimited. Unlimited. There's no end to his grace and his mercy for his people. Hallelujah. He yet looked beyond us and continued to bless us. And we're grateful unto him. And then let me tell you, I gotta say this too. Sometimes family members will get mad with about the truth about their family member. Yeah. I I love my brother and they'll make excuses. I love mine, but I can't make excuses for him. Had he not ever heard God, then I might come make some excuses for him. But he heard, and it's up to him to obey. It's up to him even to investigate God, to seek him in other words. So a lot of times we're making excuses for no reason. Because we think we are protecting this loved one that we love. In that great and notable day, you won't be able to make excuses for them, and you won't be able to protect them. They belong to God. He has said what he meant, and I promise you, he meant everything he said. So a lot of us, we can't do what we're supposed to do because we're holding on to stuff that we shouldn't. We're all in God's business. Some of us don't even know. We're all in his business with our feelings and our thoughts. Yeah, but we got to get in the word so we'll know. Because if we're not in the word understanding, then we won't know we're in God's business. We think we're doing the loved one a favor. You're really hurting them. Yeah, you don't know it, but you're really hurting them. Because you got to tell them the truth. You're trying to protect their feelings. But God sent his word to protect you from going to hell and your loved one. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah, cause hell is a real place. The devil is real. See, he's banking on you don't believe he's real. He's banking on you won't thank this him doing this, that, and the other. But if it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, that's his work. That's not the work of God. Yeah, not the work of God. Jesus comes that we might have a life and have it more abundantly. And a godly life will bring you abundance. And I'm not talking just about materialistic things. I'm talking about spiritual things. It will bring you an abundance, so when a trial comes, you can stand because trial's coming, and they come to make us strong. They don't want to punish us. hallelujah Jesus. So we thank him this morning, we give him glory, we give him the honor, and we give him the praise. hallelujah. This morning we're going in with Dr. Charles Booth and his message today is by any means necessary. By any means necessary. I didn't listen uh, to the message. I'm just trust Booth and he passed away, they tell me. One more person. I know y'all remember uh, me playing evangelist uh, Joyce Rogers a while back, may have been last week. And I was looking for for one of her messages, and found out a few days ago she passed away. I'm like witness, yeah. She was uh, an evangelist over in the Church of God in Christ, and she passed away. And she did a lot of uh, women ministry stuff, and so she passed away. Also, uh, today you may hear me not, uh, call some names in the roll call, and uh, there's a reason for it. And I trust God today. And if He bring it to my attention, because He's that way, He's gonna use somebody. If you don't know, He let you know, one way or another, what's going on. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because see, our heart, we should have a heart of flesh and we pray for everybody. We love everybody, the bad and the ugly, because that's what God does. But I remember God telling Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? God had taken his anointing from Saul and gave it to his neighbor, David. And Samuel, keep, you know, Lord, Save him, God is spare him, Lord. Don't take it. Lord, help him. This uh uh-uh. uh. I've made my decision. <laughs> I'm taking my anointing from him because he's disobedient. And sometimes it's where we're disobedient at. See, some things you can be disobedient on, and God will just look at you. Some things you're disobedient on, God removes himself from you. Because that's that, that's something there that not only will destroy his people, but it's truly coming against God and it show God the very intent of your evil heart. So he removed his anointing from Saul and Samuel crying and carrying on. And God asked him, get up. How long are you going to mourn for Saul? I've done and said what i I said and done. What I'm going to do, I done and said. But what, what I was going to do, and no matter how long you stay down here crying, I'm not changing it. I need you to get up and begin to obey me, and don't become disobedient like Saul. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. I had some people when I left Alabama. Oh boy, every day, oh Lord this and that, and God this that. And. One day, <clears throat> the Lord come and said, "How long you gonna mourn?" Him? How long are you going to cry for them? Stop. And that's what I had to stop praying for them. Would you believe that? And I let it go. I let it go. Because God has spoken. All I needed to do was obey. Say amen and obey. And that's what I decided to do. Because I know him. He's got all power. There's no higher power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so at any cost, we got to obey God. Many days, it's going to hurt the flesh. Many days. It's going to make that flesh say, ouch. And sometimes we'll stay on in disobedience. But I want to say, ouch, and get up and begin to obey God. Yeah. It, it, It blessed me better. Hallelujah, to obey him. So listen, we're going to this one this morning. And uh, when we come back, we're coming back with our morning prayer. And after morning prayer, then we'll go in with Dr. Charles Booth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we come this far by faith. Yeah, I I made it in 2021 from 1993 by faith. Yeah, after I fully received God for myself, after He saved me, sanctified me, set me aside unto Himself. Yeah, and then He filled me with His Spirit, and so after that He baptized me. You see, in the Spirit, His Spirit, and I've come this far because I began to seek him, you know, after I found out he was real. (laughs) And I wanted to be just as real as he was in him, as he was real. And so we come, I came, I should say, this far by faith, believing God after seeking him and still seeking him daily, still trusting in his word. His word haven't failed me yet. Yeah. He has not failed me yet. And I believe as long as I keep the faith, continue to trust him and continue to lean and depend on him. Don't think I can do it because without him, I can do nothing. See, I can talk about me. I know me better than anybody else. So as long as I trust in him with all my heart, Lean not to my own understanding. In all, that word is a big, big word. It covers a lot. In all my ways, I acknowledge him. And he made me a promise. And he shall direct my path. He let me know, Barbara, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear me and depart from evil. I'm a giver. I believe in planting seeds. And doing these things, it caused me to continue to be blessed by him, through him, for me. <laughs> and many more, that he sent my way and sent me their way. I, I have to stay on what they call the battlefield. Jabaz said Christian warriors. We are Christian warriors. I have to continue to fight and hold up the bloodstained banner. Because over the years he's shown me you're the candle that sits on the hill that can't be healed. You're, you, you, you are what brings safe flavor to the earth. If it was not for the believers, this would be over with. If we look back at Noah, God destroyed the whole earth and all the people, disobedient people in it, but he found one and saved the one, and the one he saved saved his family. He's more than a fair God. I've heard people say, favor is not fair. I think it is. (laughs) I can't tell God what to do. I can't tell him how to do it. The earth is his, the fullness of the world and they that dwell in the rest. I can't tell God what to do with his stuff. There's no point in me being jealous of you because you got a brand new car. God gave that to you. That was your desire. I, I I have no need to be jealous of that, but I do have a need to rejoice with you over what God gave to you. He moved again. And I'm grateful because I see God is yet moving for his people. I belong to him. So if he moved for you, he'll move for me. I may not want a new car. I may want the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. He gave you the new car. He gave me the house on the hill with Fluffy. Or I may desire something else. I may desire my own business. But when I see God move for you, it let me know he's still moving in the earth. He yet love his people. He's still hearing and answering prayer. He's still giving his desires to those that stay with him. Those that delight themselves in him. And see, this is what's wrong with these people that say God is over everything, but nobody in there, either he's over Everything and I'm going to come subject to him and his word and his will and his way. Oh, I belong to the devil. He said, We belong to him when we obey him. If we don't obey him, we don't belong to him. Check the word now. Check the word. And I know a lot of people went, well, well, that's sad. She didn't give us the scripture. How about researching? How about seeking the word for yourself? They got so much on the internet now. You can find anything in the word. I never was one that do all that scripture quoting. Because I know a lot of scripture quoting folks, aint they are not living nothing. Do you hear me? Got all that scripture and nowhere to find it, but not living it. James said, don't be a hero of words And don't just know the word. But be a doer. Obey the word of God. See, because daily we're preparing for his return. He's coming back here. And he's looking for his church that he nourishes and cherishes. And he's able to make his church without spot or wrinkle. But we must seek him for it. There's going to be a great wedding. And now is our time to prepare to go to this wedding, we're waiting on the the bridegroom to come. Oh, I feel all right right there this morning. Yeah, I I, I don't want to have my veil um, and my train and my dress matching. And I didn't go to the shoemaker and get me a customation. That this is a big deal. How I many you know when I when you go to a wedding, don't you dress your finest? You represent whatever side you went for, whether it's the bride or the groom. So we're preparing, and we got time to go to the shoemaker and get the right shoes. Uh, uh, the shoe material may match my gown or my dress. I may decide to wear me a little hat with the little veil that dropped down. It, it, it's like a net, got little holes in it and things. My hair put up, you know but the hat matches my dress and my shoes. I decide that I want to take a purse to the wedding. So now the shoes, the hat, and the purse match the dress. And this is the way we got to be when he comes, prepared and ready. Even my jewelry, you know, it accentuates what I have on. Everything, I'm ready to go to the wedding. I'm fully dressed, and this is what God is coming looking for, those that are ready, those that have prepared daily, those have been accused, those have been lied on, but they stood in his word. They stood on his word. They didn't bend, and they didn't buckle, because they remember what he sent his word out to do. That's what it was going to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's looking for those that when they fall short, when they find themselves in error, they quickly run to him. And say, Father, forgive me. Clean me up, Lord. And when this come back around, don't let it find me in the same place. That I've moved on and you swept my house clean. And I'm watchful and prayerful now because I let nothing come back in that shouldn't be in. Help me today. Sometimes we feel a little tired and and we feel like we may not be able to sling our sword one more time. And he'll come in and strengthen us because we have the whole armor of God on. We're standing against the wiles of the devil. We're not standing against the wiles of people. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting that evil spirit. And we got to remember that. This is how you can love anybody. You can love your enemies. You can pray for them that despitefully use you because you're not fighting the person. You're fighting that spirit that used them. And we love anyway. For God is love. Go check 1 John out, the fourth chapter over there. It's going to tell you some stuff. Yeah. So we have love. If we have God, we got love. And we can love anybody. Again, we can love them enemies. Because again, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities. Wickedness in high places, rulers of the darkness. Ah, yeah, Lord Jesus. And guess what? It's him that come and strengthen us. Many days we fight with the word. I can't cuss nobody out and use ugly language. There's no need in me saying, well, why in the hell? I, I don't have to say all of that. They saw us, I don't have to say that. Why is that Bob greater he that lives within me than he that is in the world and he'll remind me? That's not the way to talk to them. You'll never reach them like that. You got to stay humble, stay at my feet, and allow me to lead in guide you. Has God ever told you what to say to somebody? They were your enemies. They was coming for your head. But God told you what to say, and it turned all of that around. I've had people come and say, "I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. I I, I misunderstood what you said. I took it in the wrong way. Forgive me." I was like, "Yeah, you already forgave me. You know." Continue to focus on that. I asked the Lord to help you to bless you. Because I didn't come to do any evil thing, but like you said, you didn't understand. And that's in life. Many times we don't understand. That's why I prefer more of a phone call than texting. More of a phone call than messaging because of this. Sometimes the tone and the text of the message, uh it makes the person feel some kind of way. You said this, but you didn't mean it in an ugly way. <laughs> you know, it was what they took it as, you know. So I prefer a phone call. And that way we got the right tone in everything. We understand each other. And he told me, Solomon, showed told me that I saw answering answer in it the way rap. You know, you can have somebody, <laughs> you just remain calm and remain humble. And if they feel with it, it won't walk away because it's a fool that stands and clown by themselves when the person they think is their enemy they have walked away. It may not be their enemy, they just think this is my enemy and they clown Yeah. But it's like in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, we're going to pray by Pastor Mark Henson this morning. I love this prayer. Hallelujah. He prayed that thing down, the wall down, and uh, he prayed for us, and I thank God for it. So we're going to his prayer, and then I know we, we're supposed to go to Dr. Booth right afterwards, but I got one more request I'm going to get out. And, Lou, I know this one's going to bless you when I play it. ha, <laughs> ha. So we're going to Pastor Hinton for prayer, and after prayer, one more song request, and right after that, no more talking, right after that, Dr. Charles Booth, hallelujah, and his message again today, by any means necessary, uh, hallelujah, thank you Jesus. God, we're grateful,
2: because had not been for you, we would not be here, yes. we opened our eyes this morning, God because you gave us the strength to open our eyes.
0: Yes,
2: we were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our, our body. We were able to hear God, because you blessed us and brought us the way, the way of safety yes, did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence Because we know where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified. That your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God. Life. Eternal life, God. We pray, O God, today that you will touch every person that hath come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now, God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to trust us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. thank you god because we know greater are you that's within us uh, than he that is within this world god uh, we know god that you are a deliverer lord uh, that you're the same yesterday today and forever uh, and you're no short of your promise lord uh, and you're able to deliver us lord uh, touch us on today lord uh, we need your light like never before uh, fill us up with the holy ghost god and give us a reason, Lord, huh, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh, they might be converted. No. you are Lord in the mighty name of Jesus we pray we thank you because you are a healer you're the God that healeth thee and healings in your wings and you're able to touch our feeble bodies you're able to save our troubled souls and in the name of Jesus find every demon Lord every demonic force Lord God that comes to keep us in the same place Lord we're willing God to surrender and say yes to your will Lord we're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord. Because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're coming to you, Lord. Because we know for every right desire, barriers, and end, and Jesus, Answer. There's no need to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our trouble lies, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Bring every yoke, God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. Know that you're able to save. Our souls, we're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around, Jesus. No other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God, we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Lord. Have a way, Jesus, and we'll thank you, Lord, and we'll give your name the praise, and we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord
1: some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Work the sun. I am a working labourer. Oh, yes, I am. I am a special agent of the land. Now, I'm gonna wear your copper I'm gonna wear your
0: robe, I'm gonna wear your righteous name everywhere I go. You're gonna lock my candle, son, you're gonna make it shine. You're gonna make me choose a tone, I'm gonna testify. I'm a working labourer, I get things done. All right. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a working man. I get things done. Work for the Holy Ghost, work for the Son. Oh, yeah. I love that one there by New World Son. Yeah, Canadian brothers in Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going in with Dr. Charles Booth this morning, and his message is by any means necessary. Evangelist Baby is at 100. I I don't know how to turn it up any louder. So uh, we're going in with Dr. Charles Booth, again, by any means necessary.
3: Open your Bibles, if you will, this morning to the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 2. The Gospel of Mark, Chapter 2. And in your hearing, I want to read the first 12 verses. And I read the Lord's Day morning from the New International Translation of the Holy Scriptures. Luke chapter, Mark chapter 2, pardon me, beginning at verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. He said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the prayer that your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk, for that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full of them all. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. We have never seen anything like this. You may return to your seated places. I want to preach this morning as the Lord gives me strength and passion by any means necessary. By any means necessary. For those of you who grew up, as I did in the 1960s, this particular phrase, by any means necessary, is familiar. It was a phrase often uttered by the late Malcolm X, and it was a phrase that he would use when addressing what is our full press towards freedom and equality, republic that we called the United States of America. What many people believe, these words, this phrase, was not originated with Malcolm X, but it goes back some 100 years before he was born. It was first uttered by an African-American Presbyterian preacher whose name was Henry Highland Garnett. And these words were uttered sometime around 1842. By anybody's standards of that day, this day, or even in the 60s, it was a radical phrase. Its very implication and inference seems to suggest that in our bold quest for freedom, even perhaps violence could be employed. And for that reason, many of us, who are a part of the Christian enterprise, found ourselves shunning that particular phrase and shying away from him. People like Richard Allen and Absalom Jones could not in any way identify with that phrase because in their particular way of thinking, that phrase was far too radical. And there are those who live today who honestly believe that the employment of the phrase is yet important as we struggle for yet what is full equality in this country. I'm not come today to debate the pros and cons of the phrase, but I come today to lift it because I think it has meaning and purpose to the text that I want to lift today out of New Testament antiquity. For those of us who've been a part of the Christian church for any period of time, we recognize that in the second chapter of Mark, the very commencement of our Lord's ministry, something wonderful is taking place. People are captivated by his preaching. They are tremendously uplifted by what is his teaching. And yet in addition to what is both his preaching and his teaching, there is something unusual about this young rabbi from Nazareth who is able to do the miraculous. Now, I recognize this morning that I preached to a sophisticated crowd, and there are many of us who really don't believe in the supernatural power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I believe there are a few witnesses in the building who can attest that God is still a healer. God is able to touch minds. God is able to touch bodies. God is able to touch spirits and make us whole again. In the second chapter, there is a paralytic, a man who is paralyzed from his waist down, from his head down. There is no mobility. There is no activity in his limbs. And yet word has come to him, and to several of his friends that this young rabbi from Nazareth is now in Capernaum. The crowds have swollen to such an enormous degree that the house in which Jesus is preaching and teaching cannot be entered. The crowd has overflowed outward, And in order to get to Jesus, these men, who are not acquaintances but friends, travel up the stairway alongside the house, And the house is made of stone, but the roof is made of mud and straw, which explains how they are able to dig a hole through it and place before the Lord this paralytic man who is in need of the healing that only Christ can give. Allow me to say parenthetically that there is a qualitative difference between someone that you defined as an acquaintance somebody that you defined as a friend. An acquaintance is simply somebody who comes within the orbit of your life and may well be there for a utilitarian motive, meaning that there is something that they want from you. There is something that they want out of you. But these men who have gathered this paralytic and who carry him on their shoulders to the house in Capernaum where our Lord is. These are not acquaintances. These are friends. They have the paralytic's well-being before them. They are concerned about his wear. And when the crowds have swollen in such a feverish pitch, to the point that they are not able to get to the crowd, they go up the stair, dig a hole through the roof, and place him before the Lord. Now what is interesting about the text, is that when they place the paralytic before the Lord, they do not utter one word. Nothing is said. Not one word comes forth from their lips. They just deposit him and back from it. The Lord has the uncanny ability, doesn't he? To see genuine need when it is placed before him one does not need log, one does not need a lot of verbiage whenever you have a legitimate need and you place it before the Lord the Lord can look beyond what is your exterior and see what is on the inside And the record is that while the man lies there notice that Jesus does not first heal the man healing is not the first item on the agenda The first item on the agenda is to forgive the man of his sins. For the infirmity, the affliction, the sickness with which he lives is derivative of that Adamic thing that happened years ago in the bowels of Eden. It erupts out of that thing we call original sin. Come on, don't look at me like I'm crazy. All of us are sinners this morning. We might be dressed up, but we are still sinners saved by grace. And if you don't have anything to shout about this morning, you ought to shout that he brought you out of darkness, the marvelous light of his grace. Doesn't matter who you are, who you think you are, all have sinned. I said all have sinned. I said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But thanks be to God. We have a Savior who is in the house this morning and he is still forgiving sins can i get a witness i said can i get a witness does anybody feel like i feel this morning what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus and what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus jesus looks at the paralytic and he says to the paralytic your sins are forgiven notice that says that there are teachers of the law in the assembly erudite men educated men men who are schooled in the law of the torah they don't verbalize they don't articulate out loud what it is that they are thinking but remember the lord can look beyond the exterior and mark reports that he Unmask their thinking And their thought is Who is this young upstart Who is this Rabbi from Nazareth Who is this man Who does not have anything From an accredited theological institution Forgiving sin Nobody Has the power to forgive Sins except God Himself and the Lord Reads the radar of their Thinking And he registers out loud what they are thinking in their own private state. And he says, which is the right thing? To forgive the man of his sins or to tell him, take up his mat and walk. And Jesus totally disregards these teachers of the law. He disses these religious sophisticates. And he tells the man, not only are your sins forgiven, but pick up your mat, get out of here, and go home. But I come today not to wrestle with why the teachers thought the way they thought. My issue is with these four men who placed their paralytic friend before Jesus. Who have come to Jesus because they want their friend healed by any means necessary. Now, some of you can sit up on a log this morning if you choose. But I got out of my bed and I came to Bethel this morning after 170 years because I still want my blessing. And I want my blessing by any means necessary. So I would advise you this morning to take a pew check right about now. And if somebody hadn't moved yet yourself elbow room, because you need to tell everybody on your pew, I came this morning to be blessed. I came this morning to be helped. I came this morning to be healed. I came this morning to be delivered. And somebody came up in here today to be saved, and I came by any means necessary. I've gone through too much hell this week not to be blessed this morning. I gathered my garments about my back, made my way through the streets of Jacksonville because I believe there's a blessing in this house. And I'm not going to let you or anybody else get in my way. I'm going to get my blessing by any means necessary. Sit down, sit down, sit down. What is it in these four men? that pushes them to bring their paralytic friend to jesus why is it so necessary that they present him to jesus for healing the first thing that the text suggest to me is they bring their paralytic friend to be healed by jesus because they understood that life is never to be lived in the horizontal We are born to live in the vertical dimension of life. Anybody who lives in the horizontal lives an immobile life, an inactive life. The only persons who live in that horizontal position, who live in that prone position, are babies who must lie in their crib and cradle. Children and grown-ups when they sleep. People who are infirmed and who have not the activity of their limbs and the mobility and of the body to move. Prone, horizontal people ultimately are people who are asleep or dead. God ever called us to live life in the horizontal dimension. Here is a man who lives flat on his back every day that God sent. the only good thing we can say about his horizontal posture is that even in a horizontal position he's still able to lift up his eyes unto the hill from whence cometh his help come on i'm awake now i feel like preaching and he's able to say all of my help comes from the lord but how many of us this morning are physically vertical but spiritually horizontal And because we are spiritually horizontal, we are not living in the vertical dimension of mobility, activity, and ministry. God has called you to do more than occupy a pew on Sunday morning in worship. Too many of us are paralyzed in spirit, and we are crippled psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually. We are the walking dead. have allowed life to so immobilize them that spiritually they are living on a horizontal plane may I preach this morning people who are chemically dependent are living horizontally people who are crippled and immobilized because of some past abuse are living horizontally People with low self-worth and low self-esteem esteem are living horizontally. But God has called us to pick up our mats and to lift ourselves from a prone position and to stand up vertically and declare, I can do all things. Yes, some on. things, uh, not a few things, but don't call it I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Do I have about 25 people up in Bethel this morning who know something about getting up out of a crippled state? Who know something about rising up from a horizontal position? Who know something about the healing, helping, saving, and delivering power of the Lord Jesus Christ? Somebody ought to shout this morning He's able. I said, He's able. He's able. To do exceeding and abundantly beyond anything that i can think dream or imagine life is not meant to be lived in the horizontal look at Job. life tried to reduce him to the horizontal he lost his wealth all of his children died in one setting was attacked with agonizing sores and scabs from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet and on top of all of that his soul mate his wife has the unmitigated gall to tell him curse God and die he could have bowed and positioned himself emotionally psychologically and spiritually on a horizontal mat. but i hear Job saying the lord give it and the lord taketh away yes, but bless it i said bless it uh, yes. blessed be the name of the lord because job declared and when he has tried me i shall come forth as pure gold that's why bethel has been a praise house for 170 years way back in 1838 when you were founded prior to emancipation of african americans got together and decided that they were not going to live in a horizontal plane slavery and indentured servitude was not going to be their lot because they had somebody who was greater than the slave master i got another master And his name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I am not meant to live life in the horizontal position. Look at what else the text is. These men said we must get our paralytic friend to the Lord by any means necessary life is never meant to be lived totally dependent on somebody else. This paralytic can do absolutely nothing for himself. He needs assistance when he eats. He needs assistance in order to drink water. He needs assistance to dress his body. He needs assistance to bathe his frame. He needs assistance to take care of all of his bodily functions. Can you imagine how utterly frustrating that must be to be totally, total, so totally incapacitated that you can't lift one finger In order to assist you in the things that you and I take for granted. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with any human being to whom God has given gift, a talent, ability, and resource, and you live totally dependent on somebody else. They bring the paralytic to Jesus because not only do they want him in a vertical position, but they want him to be able to become self-sufficient. We need self-sufficiency. Babies are totally dependent. Children are totally dependent. Sick, infirmed, afflicted people who cannot do for themselves need dependency. But for those of us who have a reasonable portion of our health and strength, you may not have all the gifts of the Spirit. Nobody does. But everybody got at least one. And rather than always depend and lean on somebody else, You need to be able to move away from Mm dependence to independence. You're not feeling me. When I graduated from high school, my mother had a serious discussion with me. And it really wasn't a discussion. It was a monologue. There was nothing dialogical about this convention, She sat down and she said, you've made me proud. 17 years old, getting ready to graduate, but I want you to know that you have three options before you on the day you graduate from high school. Option number one, get a job. Option number two, go into the military. Option number three, go to college. There is no fourth option. Because once you march across that stage with that diploma in your hand, you are out of my house. I have raised you for 17 years. I have fed you. I have clothed you. I have taken care of you. I have put in you all the best that I can. And now with the help of God, you must cease to be dependent on me and be dependent on God and what God has given you. Something has gone awry in the black community, something has gone amok in the African American community. Come on, let's have a trip. We are raising a generation of African-American men who are nothing more than Chickaloo. Mm. And some of you crazy women, let them be that. Mm. The woman is not supposed to be taking care of the man. The man ought to be taking care of the woman. But God, God raises it. up. Help me something. Please I said, God raises up to become totally dependent on him. Can I get a witness? Yes, sir. Can I get a witness? How many of you still believe it is a will, there is a way? How many of you know God can do anything but fail? Does anybody have a testimony that he can open a door that nobody can shut? And when he gets good and ready, he can shut that same door so that nobody can open it. Life is to be lived. Hallelujah. Never totally dependent. On others, except if your circumstances necessitate it. Down, sit down. <laughs> Woo. July twenty seventh, two thousand four, in the convention center in Boston, Massachusetts young junior senator from the state of Illinois by the name of Barack Obama strolled under the platform of the Democratic National Convention to give the keynote address. He was a little known but he stood on the stage in 2004 with a keynote address and what pushed him into prominence was that speech in which he said that there are no red states. There are no blue states. There is only the United States of America. Dr. McKishick Sr., I shall never forget listening to him on that beautiful night and I listened to Tim Russert and Tom Brokaw who said, that young man has a future. He might one day run for the presidency of the United States. But they thought it was way down the line. Hold it, hold it. In four years, without the backing of the prominent people in the Democratic Party, in four years, Without the backing of our dominant black leaders, that young man from Illinois put together a political campaign that on January the 20th will put him in the Oval Office in the White House, and he'll become the first African-American president in our republic. Somebody ought to shout right now that it is no trick. What he's done for others I feel like running around this church Somebody ought to slap five with somebody And tell them this morning God is able
0: I said God is able
3: Just because the big wigs Don't back you Don't mean that you can't make it With God all things Somebody ought to give him in all things praise this morning. How many of you know with God, oh, oh, things are possible. We've got to get our friend to Jesus. Because life is not meant to be lived in the horizontal. We've got to get our friend to Jesus because life is not meant to be totally dependent on others. But finally, and I bid you good morning, we got to get him to Jesus because he's our last resort. We've exhausted every other option. We no longer have money for medicine. Doctors are out of the question every conceivable medical instrument has been employed every conceivable medical idea has been employed no convalescent center no rehabilitation place will take him medicaid and medicare have run out we're in a recession got to get him to jesus because there is no other option. That sounds like good news to me. (laughs) That when all else fails, when your intellect fails, when your political connections fail, when your economic security fails, when your pedigree fails, when your associations fail, there is a final resort. The story is told. And who went to the National Museum about it, he looked up on the wall and he saw a painting that arrested his attention. He stood there, then he looked at the painting. One hour passed, two, three, four hours, but he just stood there. This was the painting. It was entitled Checkmate. And there was a board with chess items. Items on it, and on one side of the board was a young man with a rather pathetic and pitiful look on his face. On the other side of the table was the menacing, sinister glare of Satan himself, with his fingers together, looking into the eyes of the young man. And the painting was entitled "Checkmate." The God in the museum kept coming by, looking at this young man, wondering, why in the name of God is he just staring at this painting? The guard came to him and said, in a couple of hours, we're closing. The young man stood there about five minutes before the gallery closed, Ferdinand, the guard came around the corner and heard the young man holler, it's alive. The God said, What do you mean? It's a lie. He looked at the painting. He said, I play chess, and I've been standing here looking at that chessboard, looking at all of those bishops and those rooks, and I've discovered that it's a lie. It's not checkmate. He's got one more move. I'm going to tell somebody you got one more move I yes, don't care how all you're going through you got one more move i don't care what your trials are you got one more move i don't care what your temptations and your tribulations are you got one more move does anybody feel like giving god praise because god will always give you one more move Somebody ought to get up on your feet right now Throw back and praise God That in Christ you've got one more move Why don't you look at somebody and slap five with them And tell them I'm not going to seek today Because God has given me one more move Somebody ought to praise God Somebody ought to magnify God You got to the church this morning Because God gave you I said God gave you I said, God gave you one more move. Somebody ought <laughs> praise him right about now. Can I get a witness in here? The road is rough. Yeah. And the going gets tough. And the hills
0: are hard to climb. Oh yeah. But I started out a long time ago. And there is no doubt in my mind. I've decided that I've decided to make
3: Jesus my choice can I get a witness my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest friend but holy leave on Jesus' name on Christ the solid rock I stand I sit on
0: Christ not right. in my politics I want my right. On Christ, the bright and morning star, on Christ, my joy, my hope, my help, my salvation, my sanctification, my justification, somebody ought to help me, on Christ, on Christ, on Christ, on Christ, say so, yeah, yeah. i any means necessary. Now shout. I've got one more move. I've got one more move. I've got, I've got more move. one more move. I've got i got it. I've got it. i got it. I've got it. Thank you. I've got it. Thank you. This is the kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people.
1: Hallelujah. I got one more move. Ah, one more move. Hallelujah. I can't give up now. Can't give up now. I know for myself. I got one more move. God will move one more time if I can keep the faith. Hallelujah. Believe in. Trust him saying his word, obeying, I got one more move. He's going to always be there moving for me. He's always going to be there moving for me. Yeah. We're going to go through some things in this life. And some the things we go through make us feel low, make us feel we're not as important as other people. And they come up with the word low self-esteem. But when we go to Jesus, he's able to raise that up in us because we realize we have an advocate. Hallelujah. We have a mediator. And if we go to the mediator, he's going to take whatever we need to almighty God. It may be low self-esteem. It may be I don't understand. Hey, glory. It may be I don't know. It may be I don't appear to be wise. But if I give this thing to the advocate, the mediator between me and God, he's going to take it to the Father. And because this special son brought it, this son that obeyed him unto death, not only is he going to (laughs) hear, hey, glory, but God is going to answer. And we're talking about the God that have all power. There's no higher power. And by any means necessary, I want to stay with him. I want to stay in him, and I want him to live and stay in me. I want his spirit to lead and guide me because he is leading and guiding me into all truth the way that he leads me the way that i'm going when i follow it i don't have to worry about it being false in any kind of way i i, I don't even have to worry about trouble coming up uh, upon it because i'm following the god that have all power I, I, i'm following his son hallelujah that they be, they are and even his son is the word hallelujah his word the word of god he was back in the beginning, and he's yet the word today. And we thank God that we have one more move, one more move in him. Many of us have gone through some things like uh, darkness was upon us, and it looked like it was, it, it was just not going to play out in our system. It just appeared that we was not going to be winners. And God stepped up on the scene. And allowed us to know, (laughs) you got one more move. I'm going to move for you one more time. And what I've learned about this God, he moved for me every time. Over and over and over again. He has never failed me. I'm telling you the truth. I have failed myself. Other people have failed me. I've allowed what somebody told me to fail me. But God has never failed me. I just had to wake up and see this for myself. And how I got to see it is more and more there I began to taste and see that he was good. And he was for me. He was on my side in spite of me, in spite of what I thought, in spite of what I thought I was doing. He stepped up on the scene and showed me I'm here for you. Hallelujah. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I'm going to be with you to the end. But how all of this works, I need you to stay with me. Oh, yeah. If you stay with me, I can prove to you what I can do. If you stay with me, I'm going to prove to you that I'm for you. And if I be for you, I'm more than the whole world against you. Yeah, they're going to say things about you, they're going to do things to you. But I'm going to show you, you're yet going to be the winner. Oh, I know it's looking bad today. I, I, I know they wrote you up on the job. I I, I know uh, they working you like a dog for a little bit of money, but hang on in there. I got you. Yeah, because see what he's able to do, he's able to make you the supervisor. He's able to make you the district manager. He's able to make you over everything and everybody. He's that kind of God. Hang on in there. Hallelujah. You got one more move. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, he's on our side today. People talk about us. Call us holy rollers. Rollers. They say of me, I'm too extreme. I, I just can't nobody live that she talking. That's because you don't want to. Jesus came to show the example that you can live it. <laughs> Woo! He come and showed us we can live it. Make the excuse. Somebody say, I'm not Jesus. Oh, but if you want to go back with him, you got to be like him. If you want to be his, you got to do what he does. You got to do what he has done. Yeah. You got to please the father. You got to be willing to give up your life for him. He gave his up for you. He wrote the song, had the songwriter, brother, to write the song that says, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone, and I know there's a cross for me. But we don't like to go through anything. Yeah, we we don't want to suffer like he suffered. He went on and did it for the Father and mainly for us. He saw the love that the father had for us. He had to love us too. Because whatever his father loves, he loves it. Whatever his father does, he want to do it. Ah, yeah. He want to always be obedient unto the father. He always want to please him. He's always wanting to do the things that the father can accept. Because, again, today, God just don't accept any and every old thing. Oh, I know people think he does, but he does not. Yeah, he does not accept any and every old thing. If he says a liar won't carry in his sight, he, he, he don't accept lies. He did not say his son was the way, truth, that was the way to lie and the life. That's not what he said. He said, Jesus is the way, the truth. That's what he inspired man to write for us and the life. The truth and the life. But many think he just accepts anything. And some people feel like because they don't see him, they don't feel him. <laughs> what they're doing is all right. God didn't strike them down, so what I'm doing, you know, God, all right with it. No, sir, no, ma'am. We got to go to him and make our calling an election, sure, with him. But anybody glad this morning, you one more move. Hallelujah. By any means necessary, you're going to stay with God. And by any means necessary, he's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to keep us safe. Yeah. When I look out there today, if I didn't have God, I'd be scared to go out there unless I had some type of tank the ride in I, I, I just couldn't drive on the street uh, I, I was told this morning about the man who shot the little boy in the car in California I don't know what took place I didn't read it somebody told me about it and after he shot that up he turned around and walked up to another car and started shooting off <laughs> Jesus started shooting off in that car mine gone completely gone so today if i didn't have god i just couldn't be out there no way possible i would be scared to death to drive unless i rode in a tank you know the military tank that's the only way i could go out there because what i'm seeing is it just happening for no reason the devil killing stealing, stealing the minds of the people. He's been doing that. People don't even know their minds are gone, and he's controlling what they're doing. But they think it's them. Yeah. But I thank God today, even in safety, I have one more move. Wherever I gotta go, I have one more move. He's going to keep me. He's going to protect me is going to keep me from all hurt harm, or danger. Oh, yeah. No calamity shall come down my dwelling. I remember telling a young lady that and she thought it was the funniest thing that she had ever heard. Okay, then, Louis. (laughs) So, look. When I explained it to her and she found out what it really means, Every time I turned around, she was using that scripture. That that's the word of God. No calamity shall come down my And she started to me that "Well, You know, no calamity shall come now my dwelling. I thought to myself, I remember the time when you thought it was the funniest thing you ever heard. You didn't understand. And as we hear, we're laughing at it. What's the old man? Sister Barbara done bumped her head. I, I kind of like this lady a little bit, but the stuff she be talking, is too far out there. She, you know, she kind of loony to You know. Uh, but <laughs> Brother Mike and I get together. uh, Brother Mike Kim and I get together and we have some laughs. And uh, he called me and we had some laughs. And he said, Sister Bob, when I first heard you, I thought you was crazy. <laughs> and it, I started laughing. Yeah, because of this. Sometimes it's some things you never knew before. Sometimes it's some things you never knew about. And when you hear it, it's like, what? This is some foolishness. It, 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 you. foolishness. You'll be like, this is some Fargo Noggle. That's what my friend Daniel Brown say. This is some Fargo Noggle. That's what this is. But as you continue on, and as you continue to seek God, he come. he explain things to you. He will show you things that you can do because we can do all things through Christ who strengthen us. It's just a matter of if you want to do it or not. It just simply boils down to if I want to be right, if I want to do what's right or not. That's what it simply comes to. And we make the choice. We make the choice uh, whether we decide to do what the flesh wants to do or whether we make the choice to obey God. It's up to us. But if we're really seeking God and we really want God, we will continue to find him. We will continue to seek what it is he would have us to do. And some of us have gone through some hard days. Yes, Lord Jesus. Now, I can't remember really having hard days at severe when I was in prison. And that's that's a hard life. I'm telling you now, it's not easy. But because God allowed me, because he knew in the month of September, in the year of 1993, he knew I was going to accept him. He went in before me and made it like it had never been before. Uh, You would have thought uh, I was on some kind of girl campus. You never would have thought it was prison. You didn't hear about cuttings and stabbings and all this. You, you, you didn't hear a lot of that. That had gone on before now. And I'm sure when I left it went on again. But you didn't you didn't hear a lot about that. And for some reason, where I was at the people had respect for one another. Yeah. The younger women had respect for the older women. I can remember they they had a dorm. And in this particular dorm, there were girls 18 to like, let's say, 25 or 24. And there were a few young girls there. And they, you know, they saw me. They heard, you know, about the things I did and would do and this kind of thing. And they wanted to hang out. Because they, they, they needed some mothering. They, they needed somebody to teach them the right things to do. Because the wrong things is what landed them in prison. Some of them did not have a mother. Mother died when they was very young. Some of them had a mother and she was strung out on drugs. So she was, she was never a mother because after the baby was born, she continued her life of drug abuse. Alcohol abuse, whatever it was. So these young women was looking. Not all of them now. Not all of them. But only a few. They was looking for a better way, a better life. And uh, I had one to come one day, and she said, "Hey." I said, "Hey." She said, "You, Barbara Mack." I said, "Yeah." She said, "They call you Big Mac." I said, "Uh huh."